0: Thank you guys for being patient enough with us to start Christmas early, okay? As Joe said, it's a little bit before Thanksgiving, and typically we don't start things that early, but a couple of reasons that we're doing it. One of all, or first of all, Joe mentioned, it's a five-part series, and so we had to start it this week, unless we wanted to go past Christmas. Um, Second of all, hey, listen, Christmas is about hope and celebration, and, after all that we've been through this year, I'd say it's probably okay to go ahead and start celebrating and looking for hope a week early <laughs> this year. It has just been it's been a crazy year for us, and, and and I think this series is a good way to kind of wrap it up and end it on a good note and on December 31st, kiss it goodbye <laughs> and Welcome in 2021 with a whole new outlook on life. All right? Listen, the questions we ask ourselves will determine the quality of our lives. The questions that we ask ourselves, that, that kind of self-reflection, will determine the quality of our lives. If the, if the questions you are asking yourself are questions like, what time does my favorite show come on this week? Or, am I going to have enough time to binge watch my favorite show? Or, what's, what's my favorite meal for Thanksgiving? Or, I wonder if there's any leftovers in the fridge. Then those questions are going to determine your quality of life. But if your questions are deeper, more significant, maybe more crucial type of questions, then that may lead you into a deeper significance. If you're asking yourself questions like, Will I accept God's destiny for my life? Will I obey God when it doesn't make sense? What child is this? Really, who is this Jesus? Will I bring a gift for Jesus? Will I make room for Jesus in my life? You see, those truly are, the the title of this series is not just a cute way of titling a series. These truly are crucial Christmas questions. And the one we're looking at this morning is the question of Mary. This is Mary's question. Will I accept God's destiny for my life? Now, before we continue, let's, Let's just briefly address some possible misconceptions of Mary. Let me just let you know, and I know many of you already know this, but it's good to be reminded. Mary was not perfect. Mary was not sinless. She had sin in her life just like we do. Mary was not God. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us to pray to Mary. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us to worship Mary. Some traditions have passed some of those teachings down along the years, but they did not come from the Bible. Now, as we will look here a little later, Mary was highly favored by God. Sometimes I think as Protestants we've we've gone too far the other way and we've kind of devalued. Mary and let us not do that either Mary is not divine she's human just like the rest of us but her faith in God was significant so significant that God chose her specifically to bring his son the savior of the world into the world and we can't take that like so Mary wasn't divine. She's not God. She's not to be prayed to or worshipped. I least she is beyond the type of person that she was that God would specifically choose her for such a task as this. And we're going to be looking through uh, most most of our time. We're going to be spending in Luke chapter one here this morning. Uh, if you got your Bibles, you can follow along. If not, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, we're going to be starting with Luke chapter 1 with verse 26. We're going to look at, at a few verses here. And it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was um, Mary's um, cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, the descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, Many of us have heard this story over and over and over. We kind of lose sometimes the awe of things when we hear them over and over and over. And if you grew up in church, you've probably heard this story a gazillion times. And it's really easy for us to lose the, the amazement or the awesomeness or the awesomeness of what is going on here. But you can understand, you know... Even though in the Bible we have occurrences like this where an angel will appear before somebody, but realize that just because we have several places in the Bible where that happens does not mean that it was a common occurrence. It was not something that just happened every day. Matter of fact, nothing like this had happened in over 400 years. And so when this angel comes before Mary and begins to talk to her, you can understand why the scripture says, She was greatly troubled. I think if you look that up in the Greek, it means scared to death. (laughs) She was terrified. What in the world is going on? Let's continue the story. Verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Let's stop on that for just a second. Do you know what the most repeated command in the Bible is? Do not be afraid or fear not. It's in there 365 times. And that's encouraging to me because oftentimes I'm afraid. When God calls me to do things that are not in my normal realm of activity, Sometimes it's, it's a frightening thing. But I tell you what, in all the frightening things I've ever experienced, I don't think I've ever had anything quite as frightening as what Mary is experiencing here. But the angel reassures her, do not be afraid. Why? Because you have found favor with God. Let's continue on. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now Mary at this point is pledged, or the terminology we may use today is engaged to be married to Joseph. They have not been together yet. They've had no sexual relations yet. And all of a sudden, this angel saying, hey, don't be afraid, but you're about to to conceive a child of God. Well, really? You're telling me not to be afraid? (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then the angel explains to her who this person is, this, this son of the Most High and that his kingdom notice those words there toward the end his kingdom will never end you realize he's talking about heaven there every other kingdom has a beginning and an end even if you want to use this terminology even the kingdom of the United States of America it had a beginning and eventually will have an end now as someone that has grown up in the United States of America I hope that end is not until the end of the world But whether it is or whether it isn't, it will still come to an end. But Jesus' kingdom will not end. Jesus' kingdom is eternal. And as citizens of that kingdom, we will also be eternal in that kingdom. Let's continue on. The angel is describing this situation. You're going to... Uh, conceive and give birth to a son. You're going to call him Jesus, and then Mary responds in this way, verses uh, 34 through 37. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, "Since I am a virgin." Legitimate question, right? I mean, that, that's it doesn't make sense. What, what do you mean? How's this going to happen? I, this is biologically impossible. How is this going to happen? The angel answered, The, the Holy Spirit will come, on you, come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Look at these words. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. The angel Gabriel has come down and spoken to Mary, an unbelievable task. I mean, when you look at this, again, we've heard the story, we know the story, we kind of accept this story. Imagine hearing this story for the first time. If you could just wipe out your memory of ever hearing this story and imagine that you're hearing this for the first time, your mind is blown. And I can imagine Mary's mind was blown.
1: And I can understand why
0: she would ask the question, how can this be? How's this going to happen? And Gabriel basically says, it's a God thing. And nothing is impossible with God. He even points out that her cousin Elizabeth is in her old age, and she was barren anyway. She couldn't even have kids until God made it happen. You see, nothing is impossible with God. I don't know what your situation is. I know all of us have had a tough time this year with the pandemic. And on top of the pandemic, each one of us have had our own additional issues that we've had to deal with. And it's been a struggle for us. And there may be times that we want to throw our hands up and give up and say there's no way out of this. It's never going to get better. And looking at it from an earthly point of view, you may be right. But heed these words. Nothing is impossible with God. If God can cause a lady, a young teenage girl, she's probably 13 or 14 at this point, if if God can cause a young teenage girl to be pregnant without ever having sexual relations and give birth to the Son of God, well, surely he can handle your situation and my situation. And I don't say that to minimize your situation, because I know it, it's... Sometimes we get into situations, and they, they're just insurmountable to us. And that's when we need to hear these words, that nothing is impossible with got We had a leadership retreat uh, this past weekend, and, and we set some goals for 2021. And some of them are probably pretty difficult goals uh, that we set out to reach. And as we look at those, it would be very easy to say, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of dreamy. We're kind of, you know, shooting over the moon kind of thing. But realize nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is poss- impossible with God. We've got some goals that's going to stretch us, but let me just tell you right up front, we don't have any goal that even comes close to being as difficult as Mary's situation. <laughs> And if God can do this, he can work through us as well. I love Mary's response here in verse 38. It says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. Listen guys, sometimes we just got to get to the point, we may not know how it's going to happen. We may not know all the steps. We may not have everything figured out. But sometimes we just got to come to the point where we say, God, I am your servant. And I will accept whatever you want. I don't have to know all the details. I don't have to have it figured out. I just accept you and whatever destiny you have For me, I am ready to go. Mary chose to accept her God-given destiny. And then Mary commences to start singing. She writes the song in Luke chapter 1. And the whole song is just about God and, and accepting this destiny, accepting this thing that God has laid before her. And I think we find in this song at least five reasons why Mary accepted uh, God's destiny for her life and five reasons why we should accept God's destiny for our life as well. We're going to dig into those. First and foremost, God made you for a purpose. He made Mary for a purpose. And before this experience with Gabriel, she probably had no clue as to what her purpose was. And sometimes we're in that boat, are we? We We may not have a clue at this point what our purpose is, or we may have just a glimpse of what our purpose is. But as long as we seek his will, God will continue, I believe, to reveal what his purpose, what his destiny for us is, just like he revealed it to Mary. Mary, in the beginning of this song, chapter 1, verses 46 and 47, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary is saying, I belong to God. It's not up to me to determine my own destiny. I belong to God. He determines my destiny. I can choose whether to accept it or not, But I can't choose what the destiny is. I love in Psalm chapter 100, verse 3. It says, know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You belong to God. And I don't know about you, but that, that's a reassurance to me. Because I don't always have the answers. I don't, even, I don't always know what the right decision is. And if it's all up to me, man, I'm going to mess up big time. But the fact that I belong to God, he is my owner. I know I'm in good hands. Even when I make dumb decisions, I am in good hands. <laughs> So as you plan your life, as you look at your transitions in life, whether you're you're at the end of life planning retirement or you're in the middle of your career or you're getting ready to, to start or decide what your career is going to be, whether you're in college or high school or whatever the case may be, as you plan your life, understand that you belong to God. When it comes to life planning, oftentimes even Christians Act like atheists. I mean, they live the the moral life, and they, they do this thing called sin management, where they try to, you know, control urges and stuff like that. They come to church, and they're active. But when it comes to planning their life, they just kind of leave God in the background. When really, he should be the focus of it. What's your retirement going to be like? Allow God to lead that. What's your career going to be? Allow God to lead that. What school do I go to? What am I going to be? What kind of student am I going to be like in college or in high school or in grade school? Allow God to be the focus of all of that, Because we belong to Him. God has made you for a purpose. The second reason that I think Mary was willing to accept God's destiny for her because she realized that no one cares for her more and no one cares for you more than God does. God is crazy about you. In verse 48, she says, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. You know what it means to be mindful of something? It means to be aware, to be attentive, to be alert, to focus on or to pay attention to Listen, God is always thinking of you. You remember the old country song by Willie Nelson? Anybody know who Willie Nelson is? <laughs> You're always on my mind. You're always on my mind. <laughs> Sounds like Bob Dylan with sort Surf throat, doesn't it? to if that person was always on his mind or not. But I guarantee you you are always on God's mind. He's always thinking about you. Matthew chapter 10 verse 30 says that even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God knows the number of hairs in your head. And I know what some of you may be thinking. You're thinking, wow, God doesn't think as much of me as he used to. And if that's the case, let me just remind you that your ears are also on your head. And so he's got all those hairs number two, and you're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, now I get it. Yeah, he's crazy about me. He's crazy about you. He loves you with an overflowing love that we can never measure. No one cares for you more than God does. And once we understand that, it becomes a little easier to accept whatever his destiny for us may be, even if we're scared like Mary was. The other reason that Mary gives us that I think that, that we should accept God's destiny for us is because it is the key to blessings. It is the key to blessings. Mary continued to sing, verses 48 through 50. From now on, all people will say that I am blessed. Because the powerful one has done great things for me. His name is holy. God will show his mercy forever and ever to those who worship and serve him. God blesses those who obey him. Now, realize I'm not talking here about... Prosperity theology. I'm not saying if if you obey God, you're going to have lots of money. I'm not saying that at all. Sometimes God may bless you financially, other times, God's going to bless you in better ways. And yes, you heard me right. Sometimes God will bless you financially, and other times, He blesses you in better ways. The blessing that Mary's receiving here, there's no indication here that would suggest it had anything to do with finance. But it was a blessing. God blesses us in many ways. <laughs> Let us never ignore the better blessings that God gives us when we obey him, when we follow his direction for our destiny in life. God blesses us. And, and I, I think that's the key there, that sometimes Sometimes we want to do stuff and then pray for God to bless it. I heard somebody say one time that we need to change our prayers from "God, please bless what I'm doing" to "God, help me to do what You're blessing." You see how? See the change there? It's taking us out of the driver's seat and saying, "God, You have control." I don't want to do what you're blessing instead of doing what I want to, and then praying for you to bless it. I just want to follow you. I want to fulfill your destiny for my life. The fourth reason that Mary gives us for accepting God's destiny for our lives is the fact that God honors humility. God honors humility, and that sounds like Contradiction, But when we humbly put our own desires and our own plans and all that aside in order to just lay ourselves at the feet of God and say, God, whatever you want to do with me, do it. Even though Mary was scared to death, she said, I accept whatever you want, whatever you want to do. And there's honor in that. Look what Mary says in verses 51 through 53. He has done mighty deeds by his power. He has scattered the people who are proud and think great things about themselves. Anybody know anybody like that? He has brought down rulers from their thrones and raised up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with nothing. God honors humility. In James chapter 4 verse 10 it says humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. God honors the humble. He will lift you up. And one of the humblest things we can do is to set aside our selfish desires and say God It may not make sense. I may be scared to death and people may think I'm crazy but I'm going to accept your destiny for my life instead of trying to do my own. The last reason that I believe that Mary gives us for accepting God's destiny for our lives is that God keeps his promises. God's going to carry us through. Verses 54 and 55, Mary says, he has kept the promise he has made to our ancestors and has come to the help of his servant Israel. He has remembered to show mercy to Abraham and to all his descendants forever. You realize that the Jewish nation considers Abraham the father of the Jewish nation. You remember that anybody remember that song when they were kids father Abraham Anybody remember singing that? Yeah, a few of you. Father Abraham and many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Y'all didn't know you were getting a concert this morning, didn't know. I am one of them, so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And then to make it fun for kids, we did all these body motions. So we go right arm, Father Abraham and many sons. I don't know about you, but I use that as an excuse to hit the kid I didn't like in my Sunday school class. <laughs> And, and as the church, we are recipients of that as well. Father Abraham. And God made this promise to his people through Abraham. And realize this is about 2,000 years before Mary. And Mary's talking about how this is a fulfillment of that promise. And we are continuing to receive that fulfillment. Even somewhere around 4,000 years later in this, God keeps his promises. It may not always be on our timetable, but he always keeps them. There's an old gospel song that used to say that God doesn't always answer when we want him to, but he always answers on time. And I believe that's very true. You know, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, we read these words Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Does that sound familiar to anything we've been talking about this morning? You realize this was written over 700 years before Mary was even born? God keeps his promises. He always follows through, and we can always rest assured that he will be there. So the choice is ours. Are we going to accept God's destiny for our life, or are we not? In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death. Blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. God is giving us a choice. The destiny has already been determined. Okay? That was set by God before we were ever born. Whether we choose to accept that destiny or not is up to us. Mary chose to accept God's destiny for her life. Will you choose to accept God's destiny for your life? Let's pray. God, you're amazing God. We know that your love for us is more than we can ever comprehend. We were created by you for your purpose. God, we know that obeying you And following that destiny that you have for us comes with blessings. God, I pray that you help us in humility to accept whatever assignment, whatever destiny, whatever purpose you may have for our lives. And God, we can rest assured that you always keep your promises in that. God, help us to ask this question. And answer affirmatively, will I accept your destiny for my life? It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.